Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. It is Brian Hines with Pat's Pulpit back with Alex Barth from 98.5 the Sports Hub. We figured we would jump on here very quickly to break down what was a busy day down at one Patriots place out of nowhere uh, on this Wednesday as the coaching staff continues to come along. We got some clarity on the front office and some new voices that are coming to the front office. And we'll start there because that was kind of the big thing of the day. And it kind of confirmed what we already saw coming, which was Elliot Wolf, who had his you know fingertips all over these you know, staff hirings and these guys that are coming in that have ties to the Packers. And, you know, it looks like Elliot Wolf now is the de facto GM. He might not get the title. We'll see on that. But it was Ian Rappaport who kind of confirmed everything. He said, Wolf will be in charge of the personnel with control of the 53-man roster, working closely with Gerard Mayo. Matt Groh will handle most of the college scouting, which we saw him down at the Senior Bowl last week. He'll uh, work with Pat Stewart, who's heavily evolved in all aspects. So starting to get the makings of the structure within the Patriots front office. And as we, again, kind of all expected, it's Elliot Wolf at the top of that of the, of the that structure. Yeah, so I, I can't stress this enough. Let me start here. The general manager title, like whether Elliot Wolf is actually called general manager, is purely academic at this point. It really doesn't mean anything. The whole, we, we've talked about this so much, Brian, final say, that's what it all came down to. That's what this report was today. Elliot Wolf is running the personnel department. He's organizing it. He has final say over what happens. Matt Groh is handling the college scouting. So essentially they switched jobs from last year. <laughs> Matt Groh is going to handle the, co- and whenever the titles come, they come. They may have already been changed, by, or actually, no, I think Mark Daniels reported that the new titles haven't been given out. They're going to change their titles at some point when they finalize the front office. We'll probably get them in like April. The, the the distribution of labor has been laid out internally. Like there's no, it is not a rudderless ship. Okay. Everybody knows what they're doing at this point. And it seems like everybody's pretty much reporting to Matt Crow. And I think that includes Gerard Mayo. Now the, the, uh, wor- uh, the word collaborative was thrown around in there and, and there is a level of collaboration in it, but I think well, I, I've laid this scenario out, right? Matt Crow and Gerard Mayo want one player. Cameron Williams and Alonzo Highsmith want the other. Elliot Wolf is your deciding vote. That's basically what we learned today. And it's important. That's important. And they have, Robert Kraft said back when Gerard May was introduced, they would have that role decided before any big decisions have to be made. They got it decided before any big decisions had to be made. Like they're, they're in good shape. Wolf's also clearly helping build out or, or leading the charge, building out the coaching staff, all of that. Uh, this is his team. It's his show. He's running things. He has control of the roster. He has control of the coaching staff. I'm sure, at least on the coaching staff, Gerard Mayo is being consulted. But this is this is who's in charge. We have the answer to that. Yep. And I feel like you know a lot of people might be hesitant about how they feel about that because he's been here, right? This is just kind of an internal promotion. But you look at his Elliot Wolf's career and his path. He has worked up from you know pro personnel to assistant director to director of player personnel, to director of football operations. Then he got a chance in Cleveland as the assistant general manager. And now he's been here the last four years as a consultant, as a director of scouting. He's taken GM jobs 
with other teams. I think he was, you know, interviewed with Minnesota a few years ago. So he's highly respected around the league as it seems as, you know, a scout, as an executive, as you know, one of these personnel type of guys. So he he's worthy, whether the title comes or not, his career path has made him worthy to be a GM. And, and that's what it seems like he is here. Again, we'll, we'll see if they actually name a, a general manager, which the crafts, you know, haven't really done since they they've owned this team but you know wolf is a deserving candidate i would say yeah he's as deserving as they had in the building like i'm not going to sit here and be like oh you know if they could have gotten adam peters you know yeah. uh, or somebody who'd run an organization before but i mean matt grows resume uh, and how many times am i going to do that dude <laughs> like literally when i was writing today i had to go back through and change half the grows to wolves um Elliot Wolf's resume is that of somebody who it's it's time to become a general manager. I mean, he was a director of player personnel or, or pro personnel to some extent for about 10 years with the Packers. He was an assistant general manager with the Browns. Like th this is not somebody that they are just pull. This is not yeah. Matt Patricia becoming offense coordinator. <laughs> this is not just, just pulling somebody out of nowhere and giving him a job they're not ready for. Elliot Wolf's entire background leads to this point. Could you argue, and, and Brian, we we did this precursor, I think, when after the, the Mayo press conference, that we both would have liked to see them maybe go external. But if, if they were going to stay in the building, I think Elliot Wolf was the best candidate. I think he's a better candidate than Grow. I do really like Cameron Williams. Probably not ready yet. Uh, maybe he gets there at some point. I think he will get there at some point, but, but not right now. I mean, they didn't have a ton of guys in the building. They had a very small personnel department by nature of the way they operated. So... I, I, I think Wolf's up for the challenge. We'll see. It's a tough task ahead, but I, I think of, of all the outcomes, like, and again, I, I think some people thought they were going to make Gerard Mayo de facto GM, like Belichick. He's not ready for that. I can't imagine he's ready for that. He said just last year, he started to be involved with the draft process. Elliot Wolf's been in draft rooms uh, for 10, 15 years now. So that's the kind of guy you're you're looking at here. Now, yeah. the question is, what does that mean, right? There was the report over the weekend that he wants to tackle at three, uh, Joe Alt. So we'll see if that weighs out. Because he, he has final say, but I do think it will still be collaborative. And I think if everybody else in the room says Drake May, or everybody else in the room says Jane Daniels, or everybody else in the room says Marvin Harrison Jr., that this is kind of where I think it has a chance to differentiate from Belichick. Because if everybody else in the room said... Debo Samuel and Bill said Nikhil Harry, they were taking Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. I think what this is, just trying to read between the lines, is Elliot Wolf's more of the tiebreaker than the ultimate decider. He's organizing everything too. So that's one part of it. He's going to organize it and, and he's going to be like, all right, this is this is the kind of players we want. Right. So it's it's the way it, it used to be was Bill would go to whoever the director of player personnel was, whether it was Grow, whether it was Casario. Who am I missing in the middle there? Why am I blanking on his name? Went to Vegas. Oh, Ziegler. Whether Ziegler. it was Ziegler, Bill would basically go to that guy and be like, all right, we want, you know, fast wide receiver. We want, you know, a man corner. We want, and I'm way oversimplifying here, but, you know, we want like a, a, a strong side edge rusher. And they would go do their research and they'd come back and they'd be like, all right, for the, the, the strong side edge rusher, here's five players. And Bill would look and decide which one of the five players he wanted, right? That's basically how that would work. And they would give their recommendations, but Bill would basically be like, okay, that's the guy. Now what I think it's going to be like is Wolf kind of lays out, hey, this is who we want. Grow and Cameron Williams and Pat Stewart 
go find the guys and they come back and then they say, here's what we found. What do we want to do? And what the group wants, right? And I don't know if it'll, again, I'm oversimplifying and there's more nuance to it than this, but I think it's basically like if they can't decide when those guys come back and there's still no consensus, I think that's where Elliot Wolf has the power to say, this is what we're doing. Yep. Which it all goes back to that, you know, collaborative approach they keep talking right. about. But you need that one guy that has final say in case you, you get to that situation. You can't but, be deadlocked. And I guess yeah. you have to have, I, it's funny. I said this, I was explaining this to a friend, the whole thing about, all right, well, if five people want this and five people want that, you know, here's the tiebreaker. So he goes, why don't you just have an odd number of people in the draft? <laughs> I, 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 I never even thought of that. But I don't know. Maybe you need, I, I, I don't know. But whatever happens, maybe they do have an odd number of people in final say doesn't become an issue. But yeah, maybe they have like a maybe they have like a ranking, and then each person has like a point total depending yeah. on their ranking, and then it, it divvies up like that. Somebody has to be in charge. You can't yeah. have everybody just on their own doing what they need want to do. Somebody's got to be organizing, making sure all the bases are covered, and that's basically what Elliot Wolf is doing. Yep. Uh, you mentioned Cameron Williams, who you're a fan of. I'm a fan of. Seems like one of these young kind of up and coming guys. He was wasn't specifically mentioned in Rappaport's tweet. He you know, Ian mentioned Elliot Wolf, obviously, Matt Groh, and, and added Pat Stewart would be heavily involved in all aspects. Were you surprised not to see Cam Williams in that mix? Or was that just, you know, I can only fit three names in, in this tweet. Cam Williams is still going to be involved in the scouting department. No, I, I was a little surprised. I, he's a guy that, from everything we've heard, has been a fast riser in the organization. He was liked in the organization. I mean, it was just Bill. I mean, that's possible, but I mean, I, for everything I've heard, like he's well-liked in the building people, people believe him. He's, he's young. He hasn't been doing this very long. And you look at the other guys that, that rap sheet mentioned, I guess that grow has been doing this for 15 years. High Smith's been, you know, in, in front offices for 25 years. Pat Stewart's been around a long time. He was a VP of player personnel in Carolina. Grow maybe hasn't been around as long, but he was the director of player personnel last year. So whether you could say he was accelerated to that role, like he's had it, Cameron Williams maybe doesn't have the depth to his resume that those other guys do. So I wonder if that was it. I hope it's not that he's going to have a decreased role. Cause I, I think he bring, he's a former player yep. played in college, uh, a local guy who ties the organization. His dad played for the team, uh, Brent Williams, again, just from the people I talked to just a bright football mind, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I hope he stays involved. I certainly hope he stays involved. I was a little surprised to not see him get a mention in there. Yep. Agree with you. I hope, hope he still has a, a, a big role in things. But you mentioned uh, Highsmith. Alonzo Highsmith was one of the guys they brought in to the organization today in a front office role. I think it was, I forget the exact title, senior. Uh, I have it right here. Senior. You know, will you, hang on. Will you figure that out? You want to hear from Vandal? Sure. Let's do that. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today and you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. 
Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. When you're hiring for your small business, or this show is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you want to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Uh, It can be a pain, right, finding people for jobs, but LinkedIn Jobs definitely makes it easy. It's not just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which makes it the very best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. It's so easy. See how many easies are in there? They're right. So many easies. Two and a half million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash B-E-A-T. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-T. To post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. All right. So, again, Wolf in charge. They did add two new voices, or I guess one voice they were familiar with, and now one voice who uh, is going to take a big role here as a senior personnel executive. That was the exact title. Alonzo Highsmith. He was a former player in the league. He's been in front offices. He was with Grow. Uh, in Green Bay for a long time. He followed Grow then to uh, the Cleveland Browns for two years, and then he was with Seattle, but most recently he was at the collegiate level at the University of Miami, so really like experienced executive. Um, I think it was Dane Brugler, you know, the athletic broke the news. Brugler was saying at Miami he was really known for his kind of evaluation. He was big with the transfer portal, picking out some of these players. Miami has had some talented uh, classes the last two years so just uh, an experienced voice and an external voice that again another guy wolf is is familiar with oh you're muted i don't know why. uh first of all certified badass yeah played at the u in the 80s when that meant something was their leading rusher when they won a natty in 83 go check out the u 30 for 30 if you haven't and the u part two uh played for you and that meant something Third overall pick in the NFL draft, which, okay, cool. So the Patriots already added. They're going to add two third overall picks this year. Go. How many teams get to do that? Um, yeah, was worked in the NFL for 25 years. Was a boxer at one point. He knocked out Mark Gastineau in three rounds, which is sick. Um, but in all seriousness, yeah, he seems to have a knack for, for town evaluation. He was in Green Bay for a long time. Like, he was a scout when Green Bay was building that thing up. Like, the Rodgers era teams went to the U. They had two top 10 recruiting classes the last two years. So he, you know, he helped in that regard. He was also seen as a culture builder, which Alex Van Pelt is a guy that has been categorized that way. Now you bring Highsmith in, also former player. Uh, I'm excited to see what he brings. Look, this is a guy that's seen a lot of football. He's been in a lot of different football environments. He's held a lot of different roles in the sport. 
he's going to be, I think, a valuable resource for some of these guys in the front office, uh, a guy like Matt Groh, a guy like Elliot Wolf, who are in first-time roles. He's, I think he's going to be a really valuable resource for them. I like the hire. I'm excited to see what he brings. Yeah. And, well, and maybe he brings Cam Kitchens. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> Cam Cam Ward next year. There's your, there's there your you go. In 2025. So I did see somebody said like he was a big part of recruiting Cam Ward to Miami. Okay. So that for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Yeah, definitely get those uh Miami prospects on your radar. I know you tweeted out the list. We you love Cam. And none Kitchens. of them really make sense for the Patriots, though, yeah, unfortunately. I know. It's I keep going back to Cam Kitchens and you know he is awesome. He just doesn't make sense in this draft because he'll probably be a top fifty safety pick, which they really can't afford to do. But yeah, I thought the Highsmith hire was one of the more exciting ones of the day as you know, you said culture builder. He really good eye for talent. It seems helping build that Miami program up. Seems like he just did a lot for that whole program. They mentioned, you know, he did stuff in the administrative functions. He helped the budget, helped staffers on and off the field. So just someone who was really involved and again, comes from, I mean, he's been doing this 20 plus years. So really experienced. So that that's exciting to get someone like that uh, in, in the building and, you know, I, I like people who like come from the college, have some college perspective too, but can help help in the draft. So yeah, uh, just I thought that was a good voice to kind of well look bring in here. I'll see, in all seriousness, and I, I joke about Cam Kitchens before people tear my head off for saying they should draft a safety in the top fifty. Uh, he was an advisor in in all ways to Mario Cristobal at Miami. They had to prepare for Drake May at some point. And he may have kind of, we talked about this when Bill O'Brien came uh, from Alabama, not just his insight on the Alabama players, but his insight on some of the other SEC defensive players having faced them. There definitely is, I wonder, probably an element of that too here with, uh, with Heisman. Yeah. I I tweeted, I went back. He played uh, Drake may twice may won both. He threw like six touchdowns, two interceptions, had some, uh, uh, completion uh, accuracy issues at, at, at times, but yeah, that, that's just another piece to that kind of evaluation puzzle and see how that kind of just unfolds as you go through the process here. But uh, the other voice they brought into the front office was Bobby Brown in an executive role. He spent seven years, nearly seven years here with the team and then left for the Houston Texans last year. So he spent one year and now he comes back. Yeah. Seemed like he was big, in Houston in the salary cap department, helping them, you know, go through the budget and the finances. So bringing back him in, into the fold here as well. Yeah. I think he's, my understanding is he's more of a logistics guy than a football ops guy. I mean, the, the salary cap kind of goes both ways. That's more towards the football side, but like when he was here the first time he was working in equipment and then he was working in travel. Yeah. So the one, you know, handling the travel logistics and getting the team uh, on the road and stuff like that. So I, I don't think he's somebody that's going to like, they're not bringing him into the room to ask you. They should take third overall. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think more of a, probably more of a logistics hire. Yep. Agree with you there. So that's kind of the setup. That's the structure. That's what we're, we're going through here with, with these front office. So I guess just like, what are your big picture kind of thoughts? Are you, are you a fan of it or are you, were you expecting um, more when we started this process or where are you kind of at? Look, I, I again, I, I talked about that. The I still would have liked to see them add more of a exterior presence, but knowing that that was probably never on the table, like part of me was worried that Gerard Mayo was going to be 
and everybody knows I like Gerard Mayo as the head coach. You're putting so much on his plate if you make him, if you basically make him Bill at this point. Yep. So I like that they've kind of shuffled the structure in the front office. I do think Wolf makes more sense than Grow to run the department. I do, and this is going to be an unpopular take. I don't care. I like that we're going to get a chance to see what, what Macro comes to the table with without Bill Belichick overruling him. Because I've talked about this a lot. There's like breadcrumbs for Matt Grow, some that are out there, some that maybe aren't as much, that he maybe didn't agree with everything they did personnel-wise the last few years. Yep. And let's see. Like, like that's where I'm at with Grow. I'm not sitting here saying Matt Grow's going to build a Super Bowl winning team. But I, I think he deserves a shot in the role he's in right now. In the, like as college scouting director, because he helped with that that twenty one draft, which was good. Um, the twenty two draft obviously wasn't, but I think last year they were in the right direction. So under his leading the drafts, they went two for three. Let's see what he can do. Kind of a little more freedom, uh, but I do think it's it's for to run the actual organization and not just player acquisition. Elliot Wolf makes a lot more sense. I hope Cameron Williams has a bigger role in it than maybe was illustrated today. I think we'll probably get the titles in April would be my guess. Well, we usually we have to update that. Like the director of player personnel before the draft. Yeah, right? that's kind of but they can flexible. Yeah. They, they can throw somebody up there. Like yeah. it, we'll we'll talk to either grow or so I'm it, we have to talk to somebody. Usually it's the GM, but they've never had a GM, right? So that's why it's kind of always yeah. been flexible. Somebody from personnel will do a press conference. It's usually in late March, early April. Last year it was, I think last two years it was grow. Um, yeah, it was. So that'll probably be grow again, would be my guess. What's going to be really telling is they have to give us somebody each night after the draft. And in the past, so for the most part in the past, it was Bill after the first round and then... Nick Casario, Dave Ziegler, Matt Groh, whoever the next two nights. Last year, I believe it was Grow all three. I think Grow spoke after the first round last year. We didn't hear from Bill at all during the draft process. I think Bill spoke once. Did he? Okay, maybe he Bill might been, still spoke. He might, have, he might have went on like day three, though. Because I remember, I remember specifically someone asked him like, it was at it. Someone specifically asked him, like, you used your first three picks on defense. Why'd you do that? And he's like, oh, there's more than one way to build a football team on offense. So Wasn't it Grow that said that? I thought that was Bill. Maybe I'm remembering things incorrectly, though. But uh, I thought Bill on, spoke I'm at looking. least. I thought he spoke at least uh, once after one day of the draft last year. He spoke. Is this from 22 or 23? I pulled up. Okay, yeah. So he spoke after day two last year. Okay. I think Gross spoke one and three. I know Gross spoke three. He might have spoke one, but I'm curious, like, how does that work this year? Is it going to be Wolf grow and grow? Is it going to be all grow? Is it going to be all Wolf? Will Gerard Mayo speak, right? That is, that I think is going to be very talented. Not, not that it'll ultimately mean anything, but I think you can, in, you can infer things from, from the order in which they speak, but we'll also probably have the titles by then. So it may not matter either way. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you went into this and saying you weren't going to get like a, a GM, like an Adam Peters or, or one of those guys, I think this is, and you're going to stay internal for the most part, like Kraft said, I think this is a pretty good structure. You have a guy in Elliot Wolf who we went through his resume and he was, you know, kind of 
raised outside of this organization. He's not just another bill. He's in charge. Highsmith is a good addition. And I agree with you on, on Matt Wolf. That'll be interesting. Or Matt, Matt Wolf. Now the names are all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Groh, seeing how he does with, with the draft. And Pat Stewart's a guy who's been around a lot. Like he was in Philly. He was in Carolina. Obviously, he was here before that. And, and Cam Williams is an excited young guy. So uh, I have some confidence, I guess I'll say, in, in this this front office structure. So it, it'll be exciting to see how that turns out. And they have a important first test at their hands. So yes, we'll, we'll get right into it with them, but uh, we'll briefly wrap this up. There were also two, I guess, reported hires or one reported coaching hire and one yeah. guy they're targeting uh, quarterback coach TC McCartney, who was with the Cleveland Browns and Alex Van Pelt as their tight ends coach. And then offensive line coach, or we didn't get officially if he's going to have the offensive line coach title. It looks that way, though. But Scott Peters, who was the assistant under Van Peltz and Bill Callahan out there in Cleveland. So two more of those guys who are, are coming in to, to join Van Peltz coaching staff here. Yeah, so I, I said I thought the offensive line coach was more important than the quarterback's coach. And here we are. Uh, I, I like the the hire. I like Peters. Now, a lot of the success they had in Cleveland was definitely Bill Callahan, who's a great offensive line coach. But you look at Scott Peters kind of the way you looked at, at uh, Cole Popovich and Carmen Bursillo in 2020 when they took over for uh, Dante Skarniecki. It was all right. You know, they've been in his system. They've worked with him. How much of that can they replicate? And they did a pretty good job of it in the short time they were together. Obviously, COVID kind of put a, a, a spit on that. Uh, I think you're looking at the same thing with Peters. Like, how much can he replicate from Callahan? He has the martial arts background, the, the MMA background, the jiu-jitsu background. When it comes to teaching offensive line technique and hand placement and things like that and leverage, it's all it all comes from the same tree. So I, I like the I like the hire. I, when we were when we were reacting to it live with Taylor, he was like the first guy I brought up. Um, I think McCartney's an interesting one. All the hires they'd made up to that point were seemingly very quarterback development based. Van Pelt, McAdoo. This is a guy that's coached quarterbacks once in like I think 10 or 12 years as a coach. He played played quarterback at LSU, but he was a scout team quarterback. He never played in any games. Uh if you look at his resume, he was a general offensive assistant in San Francisco with Shanahan for multiple years. He was then a quarterback coach. He was then a tight ends coach. His resume almost lines up perfectly to be an offensive coordinator, specifically a Shanahan McVay style offensive coordinator. You want a little more quarterback work. Like if they were to hire him as an OC, I'd say, I want him to have a little more experience working with the quarterbacks. I almost wonder if they know Van Pelt is essentially the QB coach, which I had talked about the other night. And this is kind of, all right, you know, we're going to get him ready. So that if it goes well with Van Pelt and he's out of here for a head coaching job in a year or two, we have a next guy. We have a clear next guy as the offensive coordinator. Because to me, T.C. McCartney makes more sense as like a developmental OC than he does as a quarterback's coach. But you got to put him somewhere. There is no really assistant quarterback's coach role. So you stick him as the quarterback's coach where Van Pelt's going to have a big say anyway. And you, I, you get him ready. I think that that would make would make some sense. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out with him. Uh, an interesting, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't love it, yeah. but I don't hate it. Like I kind of, it's that thing where if it all goes best case scenario, it's going to look brilliant. If it doesn't, we're going to be sitting here saying, could they have had somebody with more experience in this position? So 
uh, jury's still out. I because they have Alex Van Pelt, ultimately I'm okay with it. If they had hired like Nick Cayley, who didn't have experience working with quarterbacks, I did I I'd be off on it a lot more. But I think having Van Pelt, you have the flexibility to do something like this with this uh position. Yep. That's where I first went to, like a guy who could take over this offensive coordinator spot down the line. And you also have Ben McAdoo on the staff right. too, who could potentially help, you know, an experienced guy who could potentially help uh, and had the experience with quarterbacks. So that one will be interesting. I, I like the Scott Peters one, obviously like the jujitsu jujitsu stuff is really fun. He's won like two Brazilian world championships. Uh, we'll see if Joe Kim stays, who's been like that skill development coach on, on the Patriots lines for a while. Same type of thing with that mixed martial arts. So that, that, that'll be fun. He obviously had a lot of success in Cleveland, but now we'll see can he do it without Bill Callahan? Because that, that's a big step down. And uh, we could add that the guy they originally targeted, uh, Andy Dickerson, ended up going to Cleveland to take their offensive line job. So he's going to run that room there. And again, Scott Peters didn't officially get the offensive line coach title in, in these reports, but uh, it looks like where that one's going to head. So they keep filling out that staff. I believe we're down to what running backs, coach, wide receiver, running backs, coach, wide receivers, tight, tight end, and then the linebacker, corner, safety. Yep. So, still some names to come through here, but we will wrap it up there again. Just a quick one today yeah. to recap all the news that went down today. But we'll be back on here tomorrow. Stay tuned for what time. We'll talk about all that. Uh, in a little bit more depth than anything else that happens to break in these next 24 hours because at this rate, uh, who knows. But in the meantime, you can follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Go to 985thesportshub.com to read more about all those guys we just talked about from today. You can follow me on Twitter at IamBrianHines and head over to Pat'sPulpit.com to read my work over there as well. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in here today, and we will see you guys tomorrow.